when he says, he who gives with liberality. Obviously, the word means more than sincerity and simplicity. It has the idea of liberality, generosity, a gracious, giving, overflowing type of thing. Christ himself is the example of this. You know, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, that you through his poverty might become rich. What a statement of Christianity. What a statement of our Savior Christ. We should give like he gave, selflessly, putting others' needs first. Welcome to Downtown Bible Class with Pastor Scott Gilchrist. Today we continue in our study in the book of Romans. Pastor Scott brings a message titled, Giving with Liberality. We invite you to follow along with us now as we get started. We're in Romans in the New Testament, chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. You know, we're uh, moving through Romans, and the first 11 chapters of Romans explain in, I think, the most thorough and systematic section of all Scripture, the issue, what God did for us in Christ, why we're Christians, why we celebrate, why we worship Him, why we know that we're going to heaven, why we know that we will enjoy Him forever, and why we know that He is for us right here and now. Now, having said that, let me just remind you of the context. Look back at chapter 11. Paul, after explaining for 11 chapters, he burst into praise. Verse 33, Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are His judgments and unfathomable His ways. Verse 35, Who has first given to Him that it might be paid back to Him? Again, you cannot in any way put God in your debt. God is the giver. All religion says that you do this, this, and this, and God will owe you something. Christianity says, listen, God did it all for you. God is for us. Who could be against it? He didn't spare his own son. For from him, look at the last verse of 11. For from him and through him and to him are all things. <laughs> to him be the glory forever. Amen. Now the rest of the book of Romans is what we should do in response. He gave his son for you. What should you and I do? Give ourselves to him. Put ourselves at his disposal. The first two verses we looked at are the summary statement of it all. To abandon our life to him. I urge you by the mercies of God to present your bodies to Him, a living and holy sacrifice. That's what He's looking for. That's pleasing to Him. Don't be conformed to this world. Don't act like people that don't know Him. Rather, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And you can prove out in your life and in my life we can actually show forth the good, acceptable, perfect will of God. And it will show in the church the church is a body. Christ is the head. And we are members of that body. And so we're down at verse 6 as he's fleshing this out. Verse 6 and following. Since we have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let each exercise them accordingly. 
If prophecy, according to the proportion of his faith. If service, in his serving. Or he who teaches, in his teaching. Or he who exhorts, in his exhortation. Teaching, serving, giving, exhorting, different gifts that God has given the body of Christ. And each of us are to exercise our gift for the overall good of the body. And we've seen in each case that uh, these exhortations are to all of us, really. Now, there are some who are particularly gifted to serve, but we are all servants. We're all to serve. All Christians are to teach. There will be some who are particularly gifted to be teachers. All of us are to bring comfort and exhortation to one another. There are those, kind of like Barnabas we saw last time, it's so obvious in his life that the apostles nicknamed him the son of encouragement, Barnabas. His name was Joseph. But we just know him by his nickname because it was so obvious that he was exercising regularly his gift, verse 8, of exhortation. Now today, we come to the next phrase, he who gives with liberality. I'll tell you, this is a great, great exhortation for all of us. Because you talk about something that will show whether or not we've really caught the picture, whether or not we've really understood that God has given us everything. And whether or not we've really put ourselves at His disposal, whether or not we're abandoned to Him, whether or not our lives can be described as a living and holy sacrifice, I don't think you'll do better than to look at this area of giving. Now, we're all called. We are all called to be giving, sharing, generous people. Because God is. We're to be like Him. God so loved the world that He gave. That is the characteristic of God. He is giving. He is gracious. He has lavished His grace on us. There's one God, the Bible says, and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave Himself as a ransom for all. He is a giving God, and we're to be giving. In this is love, not that we loved God, but that He loved us and gave His Son. He sent Him to this earth. Think about it. I wouldn't come here, would you? I mean, you think about it. Our nature, we'd say, why not stay in the halls of glory? But He came and gave Himself a ransom for all. Now, as I say, some Christians are particularly gifted in giving, but all of us are to be giving with liberality. And just as I've said on every one of these exhortations in Romans 12, it won't do to say, serve? <laughs> well, that's not my gift. <laughs> Teach? Oh, no, I'm not a teacher. Give? No, that's not my gift. <laughs> no, in each case... These exhortations should be read by all of us and lived by all of us. And then certain ones will, you know, your strength will rise to the top. But don't spend a lot of time defining your gift. Listen to the exhortations of Scripture. And by the way, in every case where specific gifts are mentioned, and I don't minimize the gift itself when I say this. I mean, we've, we've got many members, but one body. We're to use our different strengths, but 
there are general exhortations all through the New Testament in each realm for all of us. So keep that in mind and listen carefully uh, as we look at this phrase, he who gives with liberality. Now, he uses the normal term for giving, but he adds a prefix to it. He strengthens it. And he, he basically, it has the idea of sharing or imparting or giving sacrificially. He strengthens this so that other places where it's used in the New Testament, it has the idea of imparting some of yourself. In Thessalonians, Paul said, we imparted not only the gospel to you, but our very lives. And this is the term he used. Uh, it's used in Ephesians when he says, you know, in chapter 4, verse 28, he said, listen, if you used to steal, quit stealing. <laughs> let him who steals steal no longer, but rather let him work so that he might have something to share with those who are in need. Instead of taking from others, be working so that you can give to others, so that you can share. That's the implication, and that's the term he uses. Or John the Baptist, you know, when he came, and I, I'm amazed, in fact, I reread it this morning. When the crowds were really coming out to John, he really had studied the uh, how to draw a crowd type books, you know and how to build your church and how to have church growth. He really looked into it and he followed all the rules because as they started to come, he said, welcome, you brood of vipers. <laughs> and he didn't even say welcome. <laughs> you brood of vipers, he started in on them because they were coming out to him and he called them on their sin. And you remember the people said, what should we do? Because they sensed they were in the presence of a man of God. And they said, what should we do? And he said, and he gave specific instructions to each group. But he said, and I'm quoting out of Luke 3, he said, listen, if you've got two tunics, let him who has two tunics share with the one who has none. And again, he uses this term, this term that is given here. So it's a strong term. But notice it says, let him who gives do so with liberality. Now, the term liberality has two connotations, and you'll see it translated both ways throughout the New Testament. It has the idea of generosity, liberality, and it has the secondary idea of simplicity or sincerity, no duplicity. And I want us to see both because this should govern Christian mindset on this issue. Uh, he who gives, give with liberality, a simplicity, a sincerity, and a generosity. A liberality. First of all, sincerity. Simplicity. Remember, uh, and I just kind of give you a little bit of the, the thought behind the word because it's translated this way almost more often than generosity or almost as much, I should say. I mean, he says, uh, when he's talking to, in Ephesians and Colossians, when he's giving instructions to how to work on the job, or even if you're a slave, how to treat your master, he says in Colossians, not with external service, it's not an external thing, as those who merely please men, but with sincerity of heart, fearing the Lord. And that's the term he uses. The word that's translated here, generosity or liberality. Sincerity of heart. Not just putting on a show down at work when your boss is watching, you know, acting, but do it with a fear of the Lord, with a sincerity of heart, a reality 
A singleness of objective. Now, when it comes to giving, our giving is not so that people can see. And one of the things we guard carefully in this congregation is that nobody knows. You know, I don't know anything about your giving habits, and I don't want to know. this pair of eyes that see that is kept very narrow, just one, and with a with a check and balance of those who take care of so that it's done business-like, but there's no knowledge. And we don't do giving to please one another. Oh, no. It's to please Him. There's a sincerity of heart. And the motive is to bring glory to God, not to ourselves. In other words, simplicity of giving or sincerity of giving is the very opposite of that showy kind of thing that is ostentatious and self-glorifying and that says, I want my name on the plaque because I gave so... so." Huh. No. He says, let him who gives give with sincerity, with simplicity. Uh, Don't name the building after yourself. Don't do that sort of thing. Don't do... In fact, turn over to Matthew 6. Listen to Jesus. It was interesting to me as I was mulling this over this morning even. And uh, we're having the prayer time Wednesday. And, uh, you know, the two things that Jesus singles out when He talks about real righteousness in life, Matthew 6, giving and praying. Giving and praying. And... Uh, Verse 1, beware, this is the Lord speaking, beware of practicing your righteousness before men to be noticed by them. Otherwise, you have no reward with your Father who is in heaven. When therefore you give alms, do not sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets that they may be honored by men. Truly I say to you, they have their reward in full. Oh, no, that's not simplicity of giving. That's not sincerity of giving. You mean people actually blew a horn before they gave? Yeah. People still do that sort of thing. You know, want everybody to know for sure that they're a big donor or that they are giving. He says, no, 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 simplicity. Not duplicity, not trying to gain honor for yourself. In fact... Uh, any giving that is not done with sincerity, with the sole goal to glorify God, notice what Jesus called it, verse 2. Hypocrisy. Don't be like the hypocrites. They act like they're giving to God, but really what they want to do is get glory from men. That's hypocrisy, Jesus said. Rather, verse 3, when you give, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing that your alms may be in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will repay you. No duplicity, no strings attached to. You give to God, to His work, to His glory. Now, let me hasten to add there, that doesn't mean that you ought not think and discern. And in one sense, when I say no strings attached, you give to the glory of God, but you think about where you give. And you entrust your wealth to those who will use it for the Lord in the Lord's name. And don't be indiscriminate in your giving. Be thoughtful. And I think it's wise to evaluate and uh, think where God would have you give uh, and use your mind in that, but uh, don't look for a return. Whether it be your name in lights or a trumpet sounding 
or everybody saying, oh, what a great gift. That thing's a lot. Now, don't be looking for a return this side of heaven. And let me remind you that Jesus said, if you look for the return now, you'll probably get it, and it'll be your reward in full. The tinsel clanging of some trumpet blowing or some tarnished plaque somewhere on a building or something. Oh, no. That's your reward in full? You don't want that? He says, rather you give in secret. Don't even let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. In other words, don't even pat yourself on the back for it. And your Father who sees in secret will repay you. Oh, that's a tremendous promise. In fact, giving is the best investment you can make with your money. By far. Look down at verse 19 where Jesus picks up on this again. Don't lay up for yourselves treasures upon earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves don't break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be. Jesus doesn't consider giving as spending. He does consider it as investing. But it's not investing for the here and now. It's investing investing for eternity. And I'll tell you, there is no better return on these dollars that we have in our hand that we're going to lose. I don't care what rate of return you're getting. You can get a better one by giving them to the Lord. You'll get an eternal treasure. And I can't put that into words uh, except to say, Jesus said, don't do all your investing down here. Lay it up in heaven. Keep that in mind. Now, secondly, when he says, he who gives with liberality, obviously the word means more than sincerity and simplicity. It has the idea of liberality, generosity, a gracious, giving, overflowing type of thing. Christ himself is the example of this. Turn to 2 Corinthians 8 for a second. 2 Corinthians Chapter 8, tremendous uh, section, really, on this whole issue. And our Lord himself, as always, it seems, <laughs> you can't do better than to look to the Lord Jesus himself. And you want instruction for how to give. Look at our Lord. And I love this verse. In fact, it says it all in one sense. 2 Corinthians 8, verse 9. You know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, that you through his poverty might become rich. Our Lord, though he was rich beyond our mind's ability to comprehend, yet for our sake he became poor, that we through his poverty might become rich. What a statement of Christianity. What a statement of our Savior Christ. We should give like He gave, selflessly, putting others' needs first, seeing the great need for salvation and giving Himself. We look around at a world, we ought not to just wring our hands at the sin and all the problems. These people are lost. They need Christ. We have Christ. We've got the gospel. He told us to tell them, take it to the world, make disciples. We don't need to just wring our hands. We should give and obey and do. That's what they did. Look at verse 1 and 2, the Macedonian church in these chapters. Now, brethren, we wish to make known to you the grace of God 
which has been given in the churches of Macedonia. The churches of Macedonia were touched by the very grace of God. That in a great ordeal, verse 2, of affliction, their abundance of joy and their deep poverty overflowed in the wealth of their liberality. Here's our term, liberality. They were broke. They were, in fact, in deep poverty. But they overflowed with generosity. And they did it with joy. And Paul uses them as an example for us. And read on. I mean, here's what giving with liberality is all about. Verse 3, I testify that according to their ability and beyond their ability... They gave of their own accord. Nobody had to browbeat them. Nobody had to harangue them. They gave according to their ability. Are you? Are you giving according to your ability? Are you giving? The Bible speaks of giving proportionately. God has lavished it on you. Are you giving accordingly? And then notice they didn't stop there. They gave beyond their ability. Begging us, verse 4, with much entreaty. Here was the begging, not the getter. Begging, but the giver's begging with much entreaty for the favor, the joy, the grace of participation in the support of the saints. What a picture of liberal, joyous, generous liberality. I was so humbled when Adam came back this summer, and you know we've planted the church in Sposk, and God is blessed, and many have come to Christ over there in East Russia, but every person that goes over comes back, and without fail, each one has mentioned the deep poverty they're living in in East Russia today. If they're getting a little bit further ahead, even with all the corruption things in West over in the Moscow area, boy, East Russia, it's depressed, and they are hurting I was told that the cook there at the church last winter cooked up her dog. I mean, they're hurting. They're not having any luxuries. There's some real poverty over there. But when Don Jones went over and taught them the book of Ephesians, they were so excited about his ministry and hearing that he was going to Africa with the gospel, Adam brought back about, was it 70 bucks worth of rubles, which represented about three months worth of their wages for the mission to Africa. And I was humbled as I thought of the wealth we live in and that missionaries are still waiting to go or going and we're saying, well, just trust the Lord. Trust the Lord, yes. Why don't we trust the Lord and give so that they can go? Look at what we live in. Uh, These Macedonian churches, they gave out of deep poverty and they gave liberally. They gave with generosity. You've been listening to Downtown Bible Class with Pastor Scott Gilchrist. Please stay with us. Pastor Scott will return in just a moment with a preview of our next broadcast. Today's program was titled, Giving with Liberality, a message from our series in the Book of Romans. If you missed a portion of the message heard on the program today, or you'd like to share it with a friend, head on over to downtownbible.org. A free copy of today's entire message is available there for you to stream or download at your convenience. We're continuing to see new growth in the Romans Project on the continent of Africa. Recently, we've added the countries of Guinea, Mali, Togo, and Ivory Coast to the ever-expanding outreach of the project. 
We'd like to invite you to learn more about this ministry or become a partner with us as we minister to pastors and church leaders throughout Africa. Just navigate over to romansproject.org or connect with us at facebook.com slash romansproject. We're excited to announce that Downtown Bible Class will have a new name beginning in April. The program will be called Abide in the Word with Pastor Scott Gilchrist. Same Christ-centered teaching, same music, same announcer, same times, and radio stations. Our new website will be abideintheword.net. Our listeners will have the same access to listen, download, or connect via podcast. Why not head over to the new site and check it out? There'll be access there to the entire archive of messages from Pastor Scott, easily searchable and accessible for your use. Again, that's abideintheword.net. Now, before we end our time today, let's go to Pastor Scott for a preview of our next broadcast. If you're ready to share, if you're generous in giving, you are making the best possible investment. You are storing up a rich, eternal treasure that we can't begin to describe. He says, storing up a rich treasure of a good foundation for the future. You'll take hold. Look at verse 19. Take hold of that which is life indeed. Life isn't a bigger house. Life isn't more acreage. Life isn't the just the right furnishings in that one room we haven't finished yet. Life isn't ability to retire in your 40s or 50s or 60s. Life indeed is living life in touch with the Savior, living as He lived, giving of yourself, ready to share, eager for the opportunity. Let him who gives, give with liberality. Join us again next time as we continue our series through the book of Romans. Pastor Scott brings part two of the message titled, Giving with Liberality. Until then, may the grace of the Lord Jesus be with you.